This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, good morning. This is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. Indonesia now has a new president following the world's largest single-day vote, the world's third-largest democracy. More than 200 million eligible voters not only elected their president and vice president, but also for their members of parliament, the Senate, and lawmakers at the provincial as well as the city or regency levels. Even eligible citizens residing overseas voted in their respective countries of current residents, including six in Malaysia. And the one in KL, I understand, is the largest in the world. Shame that Malaysia's Election Commission can't follow this example. In the studio this morning is Indonesia's ambassador to Malaysia, Yang Mulia Duta Besar Datuk Hermono. Selamat kembali di BFM. Selamat pagi and thank you very much for having me. Your Excellency, swearing-in will take place on October 1st later this yes. year. Maybe you can help us understand what happens between now and when your country's election authorities make the results official. We have uh, such a long time because we are anticipating if there is a second round election if no candidate reach uh, 50% plus and then we have second round in June and then also we are anticipating if any candidate challenge the result mm. to the constitutional court and then it also takes some time so the time between February to October is to anticipate if any dispute or any second round election. What is also amazing is that Indonesia mm. is a country with 17,000 islands. Yeah, uh, yeah. You have over 20,000 candidates <laughs> contesting. The democratic process went by with little issue and most people were generally happy with the outcome. Indonesia's democracy is younger than Malaysia since the 1960s, I believe. How do you get that buy-in from citizens that the democratic process actually works? Yeah, I think now, especially, you know, uh, more than 50% of our voters are post-voters, so young generation. So they are well informed about uh, IT, they receive a lot of information. Yeah. So I think our democracy is getting more and more mature because the population of our people are mostly young and they are play very important role in the democratic process in Indonesia. Of course, we have some challenges in the rural area, in the kampung area, yeah. where people are remote area. And then, of course, the logistical issues is very challenging how to bring the ballots to <laughs> the very remote area. But we used to have this kind of experience. So mm -hmm. we know how to manage this kind of things. And of course, the military, the police, they uh, help the election commission to distribute the ballot to the very rural area of our country. Maybe you can talk me through about how you secured locations in Malaysia to enable your citizens here to vote. What was the engagement like with the Malaysian authorities? I think we are very grateful because we got very supportive cooperation from uh, Malaysian government, especially the PDRM, the Police Diraja Malaysia. Yeah. And we uh, got a guarantee that Malaysian authority will fully support to conduct this election. And as you know that although we have a big crowd in the World Trade Center, That's but right. uh, nothing happened, no issues that happened in that area. So people are very happy. And I think uh, because of the 
presence of Malaysian uh, police that very helpful and also very friendly to our people during the election time. So there's no kind of fears or scared the people to come to the World Trade Center because uh, they know that they are safe. <laughs> Bapak Hermono, so now we know that Prabowo Subianto is on course to become Indonesia's next president yes. if we go by the exit polls, which traditionally have been quite accurate, yes. right? Uh, he has secured, very likely secured, more than 50% of the votes cast, yeah. meaning to say there might not be a need for a runoff. He represents Gerakan Indonesia Raya, a different yeah. party from his predecessor, Joko Widodo. But Jokowi's son is vice president. What are Indonesian citizens like yourself hoping to see with this new administration coming in? I think the the fact that Prabowo received a majority support from our, the voters uh, reflects that people want continuity because the promise of president... Uh, but, but he's a different party though. A different party, but since... Uh, uh, Prabowo also member of the cabinet of President Joko Widodo and uh, taking into account the mm-hmm. sons of uh, Jokowi also as a running mate for Prabowo and Prabowo also received uh, full support from President Joko Widodo. I think the next government, I mean the Prabowo's government, is nothing happened, will continue the vision, the program of Joko Widodo. That's why uh, I think people support Prabowo because uh, they see that the legacy of uh, Joko Widodo will be continued by Prabowo and Gibra, the son of uh, Joko Widodo. I think that's the reason why uh, people supporting uh, Prabowo as the next president. This is also a bit of uncharted territory because exit polls also sort of show that the rival of Prabowo's Gerindra party, the PDIP, mm. which is ironically is Joko Widodo's yeah, yeah, yeah. party, <laughs> They will likely lead the legislature with a majority in parliament. How do you think this might play out? Would it be like a good check and balance or is everybody on the same side? Uh, uh, currently, if uh, Prabowo become the president, mm-hmm. the, his coalition actually is still less than uh, 50%. Yes. So, But if you look at the Indonesian politics uh, before, there's always a kind of alignment after... Uh, government's uh, form and then the parliamentary form and then uh, I believe there will be a kind of alignment in building a new coalition so it's very uh, likely that uh, some party will uh, join uh, the coalition of Grindra so let's see what happened in in October but Mm. I believe I believe that uh, Prabowo will secure a majority seat in the parliament because that's the tradition of Indonesian politics. A kind of always there's a reconciliation after the election. Although during the campaign, during the election, they are fighting fiercely. But when the result launch, and then the, there's a kind of uh, reconciliation among the. Parties. I, I think uh, you know the experience yeah. of, uh, of Prabowo, the head-to-head with Jokowi, no? but right, after yeah. the election and then uh, Prabowo joined the government of Jokowi. No? That, that's a tradition of Indonesian politics always like that. Now, former President Jokowi has set Indonesia on the path to becoming a top economy by 2045, but only if it can escape the middle-income trap. How yeah. successful has that vision been so far? And, and you know, how does that set the stage for what Prabowo might have to do? I think as uh, he promised during the campaign, Prabowo main agenda 
uh, is to continue what the President Joko Widodo already done in the last 10 years. So uh, first, uh, I think uh, he will continue to build the new capital. Yeah. So that's um, now we are we we are very sure that the new capital will uh, continue, continue, and then. Uh, Infrastructure will be the uh, priority, and also uh, education. I think this is uh, one of the priority of uh, Prabowo during the campaign, at mm-hmm. least, uh, that uh, he will uh, give uh, attention to young generation because uh, the demographic uh, bonus uh, is the key of our uh, dream, our <laughs> vision to be a, a, a big country uh, or fourth, uh, fifth largest country by 2045. So the how we prepare the young generation, I think, is the key whether we can uh, reach uh, uh, Indonesia must we call it yeah. golden Indonesia by uh, 2045. 2045. So I think this, this is the the priority uh, for uh, our uh, new government. If we look at Prabowo's past, it's been a bit checkered. Domestically, he was criticised for his tenure in the military. He was accused but never charged with the kidnappings of more than 20 pro-democracy yeah, yeah. activists. Um, has he been forgiven by the public, do you think? Or people have forgotten about this already? The fact that he got more than uh, 50%, yeah. uh, percent, I think uh, majority of people already uh, understand it. Because this issue always come up every five years. Okay. And then, uh, of course, the, among the uh, educated activists, they always uh, bring these issues uh, up. But the fact that he secured majority in the election, I think people... Uh, Not forget it, but they think that the future of Indonesian uh, economy is more important than the history before. I think that's the the vision of people or the opinion of the majority of Indonesian that, okay, have, uh, there's a kind of proverb. We can uh, forgive, but we cannot uh, forget. forget, something like that. Okay, speaking of that as well, uh, internationally, he was also c- accused of committing human rights violations. I mean, mm. we remember what happened in East Timor and, and, yeah, yeah. and Papua, right? It also kind of isolated him from uh, with travel restrictions to some Western nations. How do you think that you and your colleagues in the diplomat the court might have to deal with this kind of backlash if he cannot travel to the US, for example. As far as we know, up to now, Prabowo uh, can travel to any country. There's no restriction uh, for him to visit any country. I think he visited the uh, US also before. So, so far, uh, up to now at least, uh, there's no uh, restriction for him to travel to any country. And he traveled mm-hmm. a lot. He visited France many times, UK, US. So <laughs> there's no such uh, restriction uh, up to now what uh, I, I see. In the studio this morning is His Excellency the Indonesian Ambassador to Malaysia, Dato Hermono. On the other side of the break, we will talk about outstanding bilateral issues between Putrajaya and Jakarta. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back. This is The Breakfast Grill and we have with us this morning His Excellency Dato Hermono, the Indonesian Ambassador to Malaysia. Bapa Hermono, you last talked to us back in November last year about a new SOP that required employers seeking to hire Indonesian domestic workers to use the services of Agensi Pekerjaan Swasta and the Indonesian Embassy. Can I just do a check-in with you to see 
what the compliance and response has been since that time? Uh, up to now, since the, the signing of the MOU and up to now, there are uh, more than 10,000 uh, Indonesian domestic workers coming to Malaysia under the MOU. I think they f- uh, follow the MOU. And I found that there are very, very little uh, cases uh, uh, happen of workers coming to Malaysia after the signing of the MOU. So uh, I can say that uh, the MOU works very well okay. uh, in terms of protection of our peoples, uh, in terms of the satisfactions of the employer because uh, we prepared the workers before uh, coming to Malaysia. So uh, I'm very happy with the MOU. And this week we are going to have a joint working group meeting to review the MOU. Of course, some there's some proposal from Malaysian side how to improve the implementation of the MOU. What needs to be improved? What will the discussion entail? Uh, first is about the cost structure. Okay. Uh, of course, we, uh, according to the MOU, we kept the maximum price of 15,000 uh, ringgit. And maybe we will review whether we can uh, lower the cap or let's see what's going to happen this week in Penang. And then the second is about the extension of the work permit mm-hmm. uh, before uh, they get the work permit. Uh, they have to make a kind of employment contract. And they they have to use, according to the existing MOU, they have to use a Malaysian agent. And uh, maybe Malaysia want to abolish the role of agent to make the cost uh, lower because uh, the employer will pay the fee for, uh, for the agent. And also about the integration of our system and Malaysian system. Uh, there's, you know, there's some uh, changes in the Ministry of Human Resource. Maybe they want to have uh, a new platform to connect to our system. Uh, let me see. We will discuss this issue this week in Penang. Is this adequate to address the issue of undocumented workers coming into Malaysia, those who don't actually use the system but, you know, go through middlemen? There are cases like that. And I think the number of uh, undocumented entering to uh, Malaysia is uh, now uh, decreased because we strengthen the prevention in Indonesia. As you know, last week, President uh, Joko Widodo signed uh, a decree mm. to form a kind of special unit within the Indonesian police dealing with uh, this uh, trafficking in person and also people smuggling. So now uh, Indonesian police has a special unit only last week. So this is to strengthen the prevention of our peoples uh, going abroad through uh, illegal channel. So so we are very uh, serious in addressing these undocumented workers. This (coughs) MOU only addresses domestic workers. Mm. What about workers in other sectors? Actually, we had MOU on other sector. We call it the formal sectors. That's right. Uh, the MOU was signed in 2004 and since then we never review the MOU. So this is also one agenda that we are going to propose to Malaysia 
to review the MOU of 2004 dealing with the formal sector. Uh, so this will be a complement to the existing MOU, which uh, specifically dealing with uh, domestic uh, workers. You have also time and again been quite vocal, highlighting issues of abuse and forced labour relating mm. to Indonesian migrant workers from mm. physical harm to unpaid salaries. What is the situation like right now? There are still cases. Almost every day we receive report for abuses and most of the cases are unpaid salary. Mm. And now we are trying to address and I hope uh, with the new Minister of Human Resource in Cabinet, uh, we are willing to cooperate uh, more on this issue, how to address uh, undocumented. And actually during the visit of President Joko Widodo to Kuala Lumpur last June, uh, we agreed to have a kind of uh, special task force or special forum to address undocumented because the majority of the issues uh, here in Malaysia is about undocumented uh, workers. So I think uh, Malaysia also now is very focused in addressing undocumented, a lot of rate. And then next month you launch uh, a policy, what we call it uh, repatriation or uh, kind of recalibration for uh, going home. Pemutihan. Uh, pemutihan. So I think this is a, a policy and we are welcome this policy because it will reduce the number of undocumented workers in Malaysia, which is our interest and also, I think, I believe, a Malaysian interest because uh, being a big number of undocumented in Malaysia also uh, is not good for Malaysia. Yeah, of course not. I, I mean, but the thing is, these kinds of efforts that both governments mm. put in seem to be very... Well, not very permanent because, I mean, if I look at World Bank estimates, uh, we're looking at something like as many as 1.5 million. This, these are numbers from yeah, yeah. 2019. They are in Malaysia and they are undocumented migrants as well. They end up in overcrowded and unhygienic conditions. Mm. Uh, they have zero rights once detained. What is your embassy's engagement like with our home ministry regarding this, uh, the, the treatment of, of these undocumented workers, who majority of which are from Indonesia? Yeah, we are we are regularly uh, discussing this uh, issue with the um, Malaysian authority, especially uh, Ministry of Home Affairs. And this week, I'm going to discuss the, with the DG for uh, what uh, prison mm. uh, to uh, to see how we speed up the repatriation or deportation of our people. But again, uh, the key is how to prevent the flow of undocumented from the sending countries and also enforcement in the receiving countries. I think this is the, the cooperation that we want to strengthen with Malaysia. We do our homework in Indonesia and also we want Malaysia also to uh, implement the enforcement is the key, not only to the workers, but also to the employer who are here undocumented. I think this is the, the main issues that become the very delicate because sometimes only the workers are being... Uh, detain what happened with the employer. I think the law should uh, be enforced to both sides because both sides breached the mm. Immigration Act. So this is what we want Malaysia to also uh, enforce uh, to the employer who hire undocumented. How porous are our borders, especially on the island of Borneo between Kalimantan, Sabah and Sarawak? The movement of peoples, what is that like? 
there's no enforcement or is that just easy to get across? They, they, they are, are enforcement, but you have a border 2,000 kilometers. Yeah, so yeah. uh, we, we don't have enough forces or uh, border uh, control in that area. We do uh, regular checking, but you know, uh, guarding the 2,000 kilometer border is uh, not easy. But uh, as long as there's no employer hiring undocumented, I think they are not coming to to Malaysia. So that's why I always said many times that please educate the employer not to hire undocumented because they are, as long as they are employer who are willing to hire, they will come to Malaysia. If the demand is there, the supply the demand, will be there. Yeah. demand and supply side. So we try to prevent from the supply side. And also, I think uh, Malaysia also has homework how to mm. encourage or to educate the employer not to hire undocumented uh, workers. Uh, I think this, we have a uh, homework for both sides. <laughs> I think that's the, the, the area that we want to uh, regularly discuss with uh, Malaysian authority how to address these issues. Your Excellency, let's stay on the island of Borneo. I was just curious, with this new Prabowo administration yeah. coming in, what sectors do you see both countries collaborating in most profitably in view of the new capital, Nusantara? There? I think, uh, look at the background of uh, Prabowo as a military and also as a defense minister. I think uh, security will be his priority in that area. And I believe that Prabowo also will strengthen the defense posture of mm. our military. Even during uh, his minister, as defense minister, he bought a lot of <laughs> military uh, equipment, mm. aircraft, and, and so on. So Prabowo also, he knows very well that the situation in the South China Sea. Yeah. And then before he already discussed with the Malaysian defense minister at that time was uh, Dato Sri Samudin, how to cooperate in the security issues because of the kidnapping issues yes. and something like that. So security will be the priority aside from the development of new capital. And I think he's also very keen in uh, building a good estate. So it's now his priority also how to build a food estate in, in Borneo. So I think this is an area of cooperation that Malaysia may uh, interest interested also. Uh, also on Nusantara, I remember reading about uh, what former President Jokowi saying that not a single foreign investor had put money into the project for, on the new capital. What can you tell us about it? I think there's uh, three days ago, I think there's, there are companies already joined. Not uh, 100% foreign investment, but joint uh, investment with Indonesian companies. They are Singaporean, the American, and I think one European country also. Mainly in the building of IT, because uh, Nusantara will be an IT-based uh, city, a smart city, using a lot of IT. So, as far as I know, there are three foreign investors already joined in building the, the infrastructure in, in, in the new capital. As you know that now we built the government office, mm. uh, and then we, that we use the government budget. But when we build the supporting facilities, hospital, uh, schools, and uh, maybe a mall, uh, housing, I think that's the time when a foreign investor will join. And I hope Malaysia also will join because of uh, huge opportunity there. And uh, as Prabowo promised, he will continue 
the Nusantara development. So I think it's time for Malaysian investor to see the opportunity there because now we are more secure. Because before, you know, there's a lot of question whether the new president of Indonesia will continue to develop new capital or not. Mm. But now we, at least now we have the answer that Prabowo will continue the development of new capital Nusantara. Bapak Hermono, terima kasih. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. On the breakfast grill this morning was Indonesia's ambassador to Malaysia, Dato Hermono. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.